Hello, and welcome to the Sunday Sermon Cast from Bethel Evangelical Free Church on Washington Island, Wisconsin. I'm Rick Smith, and I've been here at Bethel since 2016, enjoying this great church on this spectacular place off the northern tip of Door County, Wisconsin. This message comes from our Sunday morning service here on the island, and it's geared towards discovering what the Bible has to say to us in our everyday lives. So, God's blessing on you, and thanks for joining with us wherever you are today. As I mentioned before, it was, uh, it was a delight to, to be at the conference uh, this last week and to, to make connections with long-lost friends, not lost, but uh, friends from, from years ago. Back in the 90s, I was ministering in youth in this state, and I connected with a bunch of guys that I uh, knew from those days and spent some time with them, as well as good friends uh, like uh, pastors from Nebraska. And so just a great time and, and good to gather as, as God's people and with, uh, come with one mind and one heart and, and work through issues within our midst. Uh, uh, the topic of the, the, the conference itself was, was, was thinking through discipleship and how we live as disciples and, and to keep that ever before us as people. And, and uh, the, each of the speakers geared us in some way, shape, or form to that. And, and part of that, too, is uh, we, we, we help people to become disciples by training them in the things they need to know, but we also reach out to them. That's, they may hear for the first time that, that they are spiritual beings, that, if, that God has created them in his very own image and, and that they matter to him, but there's something between us and him, that which we call sin. And to be able to say, but there is a rescue, there's forgiveness, and there's opportunities to come. We started last week looking through the, the, uh, the second chapter of Acts, and, and, and in that, Peter rises up, and the, as the Spirit comes out on the disciples, and they're speaking in all these different languages, and people are like, what's going on here? What are the one, we are hearing the wonders in our own language. This is amazing. Their, ha- their hair was blown back. Like, this is incredible. And, and yet some were saying, these weirdos, <laughs> they must be drunk. They must have been drinking wine because they're, they're acting so bizarrely. And, and into that mix... Peter gets up and begins this message, a message that he quotes the, the book of Joel and uh, quotes the Psalms and, and, and through those, speaking to a people who knew their Old Testament scriptures, who knew the Hebrew scriptures, these are signs of what God was going to do, what he said he's going to do. We're seeing it happen now. We see in the book of Joel that, that, that your sons and daughters will prophesy and, and we see in David this discussion of he who will not die, who will, be, who will be raised. And this is Jesus, who is now Lord and Messiah. And as he brings that message, people are like, oh, that's amazing. What are we supposed to do now? And, uh, and Peter says, repent and be baptized. Turn from the, the, the way you were going asking for God's forgiveness and be baptized, symbolizing being washed and being cleansed, being reborn. And so on that day, 3,000 came to faith. Uh, they, Peter was harvesting what Jesus had laid as he talked about the kingdom of God and, and his death, resurrection, and ascension. And, and people responded. And, and so then, now What? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? How do we live this out? And one of the great passages uh, for what 
the faith life and what the community of faith is about. We, we see in Acts chapter 2 and verses 42 to 47. And if you have your Bibles, if you turn to, there to, at this time, Acts chapter 2, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. First phrase in here says that they were de- they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking the bread and to prayer. Uh, this idea of being devoted, uh, Heath Fernando in his commentary says it, it it's rather like this this concept of being obstinately dedicated to. <laughs> And maybe obstinate is not maybe the, the most positive word we think of. If you, if you look up synonyms of obstinate, uh, mulish or obdurate, uh, unyielding, unbending, intractable, perverse, inflexible, uh, see stubborn. <laughs> Devotedness, what does that look like? I, I, one of the things I'm reminded of when we uh, watching sports fans as they watch their particular team, uh, sometimes they have this, well, this, they're devoted to their team. I was uh, at a basketball game in Nebraska, and one of my co-pastors pastors in, the, in, in the free church, he, his town was playing our town, and we were sitting together there, and we were watching this basketball game, and, and he was watching as things were going on and some of the referees' calls, and, and in his mind, there was an extreme bias by the referees against his town's team and for my town's team, and, and he was very obvious about this. Look at this. That, what, what a call, and, and I'm thinking, I thought that was the right call. I mean, I, I try to be... I try to be fair-minded, and you know, sometimes I'm prone to bias myself. But but sometimes, how we look at it, it's why because we're devoted, and sometimes, well, sometimes we're more cheering for a team than really watching the game that's in front of us. That's how it happens. Another time, I uh, some guys from our church softball team were getting together to watch a Monday night football game, and and I thought we were there to watch a game. It was, against, it was the Cowboys against the Eagles. This is central Nebraska. And, and I thought, this is pretty neutral territory. And, and uh, so something happened in the game. It was going for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I said, yes. And it got really quiet in the room. <laughs> and my quick assessment of the situation was, this feels like cowboy country. <laughs> and, uh, and my friend Phil says to me, is that going to continue? Because if it is, you might as well just leave right now. <laughs> Devoted. Devotion to your team means you just look at it and, it, and you don't like good plays just for the sake of there being a good play. You're looking for your team to do well. You're, you're committed to a particular thing. And, and when it comes to the, the, the people of following the Jesus movement as it comes, as they listen to this message, there is a sense they are devoted to it. And the focus in their lives has now turned to 
living this out. And so they begin to practice some vital practices. They're attentive to the teaching of the apostles. The apostles would be the 12, uh, Peter and, and James and John and the rest, now including Matthias in replace of Judas. And, and they would be teaching about Jesus because the point of all the, the apostles were that all of them had been with Jesus from the very beginning. So they knew who he was. They knew the teachings that he had. They had seen him even from the time that John the Baptist had, had baptized him. They knew all about Jesus. And so they were eyewitnesses. And so as they told him, this is what Jesus taught about these things. Uh, much of what we get from the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke, and John. This is what Jesus and following Jesus is all about. So they were attentive to hearing about this and discovering this is what the message is about. And so they listened to them. And, and they were also committed and devoted to having fellowship with one another, that they were in community together. And as they were in community, sharing their lives, even going into their own homes, uh, they, would, they would break the bread. Breaking the bread would have uh, undoubtedly been symbolic for them of, of remembering the Lord's Supper, that when Jesus met with the twelve he had taken bread and broken and said, this is my body which is broken for you. And, and, and taken the cup and said, this is now the new blood of my covenant for you which is poured out. And both of these symbols of, of Jesus' death that was impending at that point and, and now remembering that Jesus did go through that. He died. He was, he was put to death cruelly. But then he rose again. And he appeared before 500 people and then he ascended into heaven. And, and so they remember, the center of this is Jesus. And then finally they spent time in prayer, talking with God and bringing themselves in their lives. And, and as we look through the book of Acts, we are seeing again and again this focus and attentiveness to praying. That we, we are more than just what we see in front of us. That, that God who exists also listens and we can come to him and we can petition him and we need to do that. This is the center of who we are. It is not Jesus who is gone and departed from us, but it's God who exists and is alive and we still have connection with. We can talk to God and we must. This is part of the vital practices of being a follower. And, and, and so this is one of the pictures, and we get pictures like this throughout the book of Acts, and, and it becomes model for us as we try and think through how do we do this today. And we do some of these same practices, don't we? We spend time, what is the source of our, our beliefs and, and, and the things we talk about? Uh, the source of it is, is the scriptures, the Old Testament and the New Testaments. Uh, the ways that God has communicated through time to his people, the letters that come and reflecting out of the Gospels, uh, one of the key things in terms of deciding what was accepted, particularly in the New Testament, was did these people have connection with the original disciples? Do they know what they're talking about? Did they see these things that happened? Because, again, we're, we're looking for eyewitnesses. And so as we stay committed to this text, which is now an ancient text, isn't it? We're 2019, and, and the last of these written about 100 A.D. That's a long time ago. And yet as we stay connected with this story of what Jesus did, of what God has been doing, 
We stay connected to God and his plan in and through us as well as for us. He has done something for us in, in rescuing us from a life of sin that separated us from God. And he is something to us as, as we have become transformed by the renewing of our minds, as, as God's spirit has come and been part of us. But he also does something through us that God continues to use each of us in some way to minister to one another because this is done in community. Uh, going out on our own is, is, is not our healthiest practices. Earlier on at, in Sunday school, uh, the, in, our, in our Christian history class, uh, one of the, the dynamics of, of Christian history was that, that people went out into the desert by themselves. They were called monks, which means alone. But quickly they discovered that being alone was just not okay, and so they developed monastic communities where they would meet on, or they would be on their own much of the time, but they would meet together sometimes too, that this community develops. Because at its core, the community of faith is just that. It is us living life on life, us rubbing shoulders with one another and helping us to figure out how to do this and how to get through the things. That we do this together because we matter all to God and, and as God describes his church as the body of Christ we have an interconnectedness that matters. And as Luke describes in chapter 2 here, this is what they did. They maintained their fellowship. They broke bread together. They prayed together. And as they saw, as they did that, they saw God continue to do things amazing wonders happened within their midst. God events that showed up that said, I'm still here. I'm still working. And people were seeing something about these people, the community that they gathered together and, and how they, they organized themselves and how they interacted with one another and how they cared for another, one another, sharing what they had, but also seeing weird stuff happen, seeing stuff that could only be described as miraculous People healing, being healed, and as the, as the story in Acts will go on into chapter 3, we'll, we'll see some of those dynamics continue to happen. But people were looking at this community. They grew in favor with the people around them as, as they looked at them, as they met together, some, oftentimes visibly in the temple courts. This, at this point, is still a very Jewish community. Uh, each of the disciples would have, would have been Jewish in their background and their upbringing. And, and so meeting in the temple, the place where we worship God, that just made sense to them. And, and people would see them gathering together, but there was something different about them well, as well. Uh, this now 3,100 people gathering and, and talking about Messiah, about the Christ, it was getting their attention. And it says in the end that daily people were added to the numbers, those who wanted to be saved. This is a work of God in their midst, moving in and through them and doing his work in and around them. This is, this is the community of faith. We see vital signs that come up. Awe and wonder. What is going on? Something has happened here. Sometimes we, we wonder about that today, don't we? Is God doing something? Do I, do I need to live my life this way? Uh, uh, Craig Groeschel has written a book called The Christian Atheist, and the subtitle is Believing in God but Living as if He Doesn't Exist. And what he describes is that 
that sometimes we just treat this as a nice philosophy, a nice way of living life, but does it make any practical difference in our lives? Do we pray for God to do things? Do we expect him to, to make a difference? Do we make choices and decisions, understanding our connectedness to God and to the community of faith? Uh, does God still work? Well, that's a good question. Sometimes in my life, I have come to places where I, I have been living my faith out like a good philosophy. I know the tenets. I know, you know, be good and, 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 and say the right things, the theologically correct and all that. But, but sometimes missing was that interconnectedness with God of, of, of feeling him. And, and, and those times I would say, God, I just need you to do something weird. <laughs> just that shows me that you're still here listening and 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 so then when I would pray that I would be looking for him to do something weird something that's out of the ordinary and and each time I've prayed that he's shown me something that oh you could say is a lot of circumstances but it's a lot of circumstances sometimes that come together to make that happen and and each time that has happened I've said that's it you listen to me God still exists and works. I was working in a homeless shelter in Kearney, Nebraska for a bit, and this gal came in, and, and uh, she was struggling with things and, and struggling with uh, uh, some spiritual warfare and stuff, and, and she said, hey, do you have this book night by Neil Anderson, who, uh, who has done a lot of writing in this area? And I said, yeah, I got it, and, and so I'm looking through my, my shelf, and I, I can't find it anywhere, and it's like, ah, I don't know. And that day we got some donations, in from just someone, and, and there's a boxes of books, and on the top of one of those boxes is that very book. <laughs> like, well, that's weird. <laughs> I said, hey, you know that book? Th- here it is. <laughs> and later that day, as uh, my, my colleague Dave, Pastor Dave, was, was doing teaching about anger and rage and some things, I was able to connect with her and the things that she was working through. And, and, and you can say, yeah, those are coincidental and and maybe they were but maybe God was saying yeah you need to know this and this gal needs something that comes right in front of her right now to know that I'm listening to her she's looking for a book you lost it bonehead but I got you covered and there it is it comes in is God still working does he still do a thing in our midst believers would say yes and and as we look through our world with eyes of faith to see him working we can see it it is it is similar again to my friend in our basketball game what are we watching when we watch that basketball game are we looking through the eyes to see what's going on or are we looking just with what we want to see and if we think that it's all about us and it's all coincidence and and I just need to live my life but we might miss some things. But if we look through eyes of faith, say, what could God possibly be doing? Then to see, maybe he's still doing a work. Maybe he's still doing awe and wondrous things. Lila asked to, for prayer for two kids this week. We're going to look for that, aren't we? With expectancy. God, what are you going to do this week as we talk about Jesus and who he is? Because praying is part of it as well. How are we going to see awe and wonders and know that they're 
miracles from God and working in our lives if, if we do not ask and, and bring the things we want to see happen before him. This is what the faith community does. We bring ourselves before God, but we do that together. This is life on life stuff. It's you and me doing this together and, and interacting with one another. Ed Stetzer, as uh, one of the, the speakers at the conference, he was actually speaking on Thursday on this exact passage, and, uh, which was very convenient for me. It was very beautiful. Uh, but as he's talking about uh, the life and the faith community and doing this together, one of these, we're, we're in the Compass Church in Naperville, and, and it's just big, huge auditorium with uh, these nice seats, and, and, uh, and, and he's looking right at the senior pastor. like, you know, I really don't like this building. Uh, Ed Stetzer, if, uh, he's, he's director of evangelism at Wheaton College. He's also the interim pastor at Moody Church. And, and he has this, the, this mischievous kind of uh, dry sense of humor. And, and uh, as he's saying these things, you know what? Here we talk about the community of faith, but we set people up in these nice rows. And what, what are we communicating that, well, the job of the people, the laity, is just to sit there and watch. And they said, you know, I'm just kidding, Pastor. Yeah, but it, it's something, each of our church that's larger than 50, we need to wrestle with what do we do and how do we communicate this? Because here we have nice orderly rows of, of pews and, and we can communicate that it's, well, it's all about me telling you what this is all about. When reality is about all of us together, gathered together and living life on life, influencing one another, helping each other to see what faith is about. Another of our speakers uh, talked about disciple-making and how each, of, each one who's a disciple-maker needs to be discipled. Uh, that me as pastor, I need someone who is discipling me and, and, and speaking into my lives. Those who are elders and those who are leaders, we need people speaking to our, our lives, helping us as we talk with others about Jesus. And when it comes down to it, it's all of us, isn't it? We need to find people that we can talk with our faith and help them to grow and to know who Jesus is, but we also need people to come alongside us. This is life on life, us doing this together. And the model of this passage gives this beautiful picture. They constantly met together, breaking bread, remembering the sacrifice of Jesus, remembering what orients us. We as a church congregation, we don't practice communion each week, but we do it monthly with, with the mindset of saying, when we bring the table down here and put the elements here, this is always the center of who we are. Jesus, what he did on our behalf, and how we now live as a faith community with one another, but then going out in the world. And as we connect with that world, as we interact with them, uh, again, the message here is they gain favor because of their hearts and their goodness and their kindness to one another. And people were seeing something going on there. And as they talked about what it was that changed them, daily people were being added into their mix. Daily people coming to saving knowledge through Jesus Christ. Well, that's just exciting stuff. And 
it's just as exciting today as it was back then. God's spirit still moves. God's spirit is still working. One of the, the great joys of, of being coming part of this community of faith over these last two plus years has been to see the ways that God has gifted many of you and, and the ways that you work your faith out. We have people who are able to, to speak deeply into to issues of spiritual lives and we have people who, who reach out to others who are, who are new and welcome them and bring them alongside and say, you are welcome here. There's no keep out sign on the front door. You're welcome to join in this with us because this is about what Jesus has done in all of us and we want you to be a part of that. That's us working together. That's life on life. That's the body of Christ together communicating what we know about him. What's your place in that? You know, sometimes we... Uh, we look at the church to make the first move for us, and, and a lot of times we, we stumble our way through that. But, but we as individuals, you as an individual, have some responsibility as well. What is your part? How are you taking steps in this as well? Uh, to be active and involved and, and connected. Because this is a two-way street we work with. And we realize as well, each of us stumbles. <laughs> We're going to blow it, sometimes epically. That's, unfortunately, that's par for the course for us. But because we look to a gracious Father, a forgiving Father, then we also try and extend that graciousness when we blow it with one another to find a way back, to begin restoration even in those relationships. And hopefully that's one of the things that can happen and develop too as each of us looks not first at ourselves, but our Lord and Savior. In Hebrews chapter 12, after describing those who had faith in Jesus from the Old Testament, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us fix our eyes on Jesus Christ, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. We look upward to our Savior, remembering who he is, what he's done, and that's what connects us. Let's stand for closing prayer. Lord, this morning... Thank you for the simplicity of this passage of, of the things that your followers were devoted to. Having come to faith and listened and understood what Jesus has done and seeing your plan laid out for decades and centuries previous to that, spoken by the prophets. And Lord, as they devoted themselves to one another and to teaching and knowing who you are and the fellowship and prayer. Lord, help us to replicate that in our own lives, in our own fellowship and communities. Uh, whether we're here on the island for, for the year or for different parts, Lord, may we be people who are, are so identified with you, who constantly are looking to you and your work within your community 
to be part of something that you're doing as your spirit leads and guides and draws people to yourself daily. Lord, we want to be part of something that's filled with awe and wonder. That's exciting. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what you're doing. And Lord, help us to ask you for profound things, big things that only you can do that will strengthen our faith but also help others to see you're doing a work. Lord, we rest and rely on you. And, and as we leave this place, may we, may we glorify you. May you be honored because indeed your faithfulness to us has been so great. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. God bless you this day. Well, thanks again for listening. And to learn more about how you can connect with Bethel Community Church, check out our website at islandbethelchurch.com or join us for a service Saturday night at 6 or Sunday morning at 1045. Hope to see you soon. God bless you.